So welcome back to Managing Marketing. I'm still in downtown New York. And no, it's I'm, Midtown. Oh, Midtown oh, New York. Midtown. Come on, Darren. Okay, well, Midtown New York. <laughs> and I have uh, a great opportunity of having a chat with someone who, like me, has come from the other side of the world to be here, but uh, now lives here, Sharon Fu, who's client, client partner at Sparks & Honey. Welcome, Sharon. Oh, thank you. Look, um, this agency is really interesting from my perspective, and that's mm -hmm. because of the focus of the agency on culture. Now, uh, Peter Drucker said, culture eats strategy for lunch. I'm wondering why do you think agencies, and you've worked mm -hmm. at other agencies, have been so focused on strategy and developing strategies for their clients and really missed the whole culture piece? Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for, for, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, uh, what I know, I know, and what I don't know, I don't know, because uh, I literally joined Sparks and Honey about, uh, in my mind, definitely less than 100 days ago. Uh, so it's been two and a half months. So I'm still looking at this, this place with wonder, and then still wondering what is it that got me so interested in this mm. agency in the first place. Because um, uh, I've, I've done... Um, your advertising agencies, so I get driving awareness. I've done a shopper marketing agency, which is really the other end of the spectrum, mm. and that's about driving conversion. Yeah. Uh, um, the last 10 meters or yeah, the last yeah, exactly, five seconds. Exactly, or... where uh, you know, allegedly uh, eight out of 10 decisions are made in front of the, of the shelves. Yep. And then I've also been at uh, an experiential agency where it's about changing behavior. So I've done all these three and I thought to myself, okay, that's a nice, lovely spectrum of, you know, conception to, to execution. And what is it about Spots and Honey back then, anyways, before, before I had joined that got me so, so interested. And I think uh, as, 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 as the landscape is changing so rapidly and all agencies are trying to steal another agency's lunch, Spots and Honey for me was this really weird, interesting, shiny, object that is so different that sort of sits on its own um is it a marketing consultancy agency like or is it a, a consulting agency like a, a bain a, a boston consulting group or is it a creative agency like the likes of bbdo and or jwt in the space that i'm familiar with because everybody claims to do strategy right yeah so think, so yeah. as you said it's yeah. less than 100 days do you have yeah. an answer to that what does it feel like for you and i think i think the differentiator for me it's culture right yeah because people talk about culture all the time but what we but but most of the shops that i've seen so far do it as a bolt on so maybe a team of five that's supposed to understand culture and somehow infuse that essence of culture in the work that they do, whereas Sparks and Honey for us is what we do is really getting deep into culture and that's all we do in terms of that's our North Star and it translates in in, in certain uh, routines that we have that is 
you know, from from, from uh, the daily the da the daily culture briefing is a mm -hmm. testament of that. That in order to understand culture, you need to do that every day. You need to be always on. You need to build muscle memory. You need to look at culture across the horizontal, whether it's from tech to humanity to to uh, to media to ideology, and it's getting not just people at Sparks and Honey to understand and keep track and identify patterns of culture, but to inv to in to invite uh, other people into Sparks and Honey for that magic hour so that people can contribute to to how we understand culture, mm. right? So it's interesting because what you've just said is that it's a constantly evolving, constantly uh, developing yep. interactive. It's like a puzzle, you know, that you, you're monitoring and, yep. and seeing. And yet so often mm -hmm. people, and especially agencies, especially from my experience, communications agencies, advertising yep. agencies, almost take culture as a constant. Like, oh yeah, there's a culture. Okay, let's just And now the let's box. put the strategy on top yeah, of it, right? Yeah. Whereas this feels very different. It's almost acknowledging that culture is constantly evolving and incredibly um, multifaceted yeah, across and it feels, different audiences. And you're absolutely spot on because sometimes it feels so nebulous, right? For me, it's interesting that you say it's a puzzle and I sort of wish it was a puzzle because by the time you find the last piece, that's when you go, oh, my sorted it out mm. but, but it's not, not that sort of puzzle yeah, it's a puzzle not, yeah, it's exactly. unsolvable exactly exactly and it's a constant search because what you know what you know yesterday may not be relevant in the next uh, I don't know a week or, or, or a month and that's why the system that we have allows us to track culture or trends if you will from micro to macro to mega mm -hmm. because it's understanding this really holistic system of trends that can affect a brand, a person, an organization in the next 12 to, to 24 hours to in the next one to three years to the next five to 10 years that help us to uh, operationalize the intelligence that we give them all the way up from the C-suite down to the assistant brand manager where it's something that unifies. Culture is what unifies the Well, it's giving them context, isn't it? Yeah, it's giving them yeah, a context yeah. in a moment of time. Yeah. And as you say, you know, we live in a time where the pace of change mm -hmm. is relentless yeah. and, and accelerating, driven by technology and a whole lot of social issues associated it's, with it's that. It's a moment of time as well as what's about to come. Mm. So it's the insights for the now to the foresight for... What's Where's now next us? and future yeah. exactly what's what where is it taking us and and, and i think it's able is being able to identify <clears throat> the cultural tailwinds and the cultural headwinds that we can therefore uh provide that sort of uh, consultancy to a client to go if that's your if that's your destination then here are the landmines or barriers that you need to be cognizant of so that you can navigate your way in the fastest most efficient way with intent clarity and purpose to get to where you want to be because yeah. Yeah. Um, you know uh, there's still strategy but strategy is now about how to optimize the opportunities revealed by culture is that correct that's a that's actually incredibly eloquent yes <laughs> okay. well now the, the reason I say that is yeah. that uh, you see so many organizations that talk about yeah their two-year strategy their five-year strategy I just wonder how does the relationship how does your work with your clients change because of this acknowledgement that culture is constantly evolving and changing 
so that you know it's not about sitting there working out five-year plans mm -hmm. it's actually looking at every opportunity as it presents itself. Yeah I, I will say I've clearly never been a client before in my entire life so I've always been on, on the agency side zero zero but, but but I do know from working with the likes of Mars, PNG, Diageo some really amazing uh, uh, marketing companies there's always a baseline of what they need to do now and for the future because there are shareholders to report to and uh, and the value that sparks and honey bring to that partnership is to provide an always on system that allows the client and us to make each other better by creating a, a system that keeps us on our toes so that we can help them react to a baseline plan now or the next two fiscal years, but certainly for the next five years as well. So if policies are being shaped of the now, mm. like sugar tax, for example, we can then help them to architect a solution that not only affects the R&D, but also possibly the types of people that they need to recruit and, and arguably their distribution system as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's a, a, so I think always on is actually key because to your point, it's... Constantly, constantly monitoring, yeah, yeah, constantly monitoring, yeah. and yeah. and you know when you just mentioned the sugar tax and the, mm -hmm. the issues around you know um, uh, sugar and food and sugar, uh, food security, I mean it really is incredibly complex, isn't it? Because it's not just about you know consumer trends and yeah. consumer culture, mm -hmm. the, but it's also the role of government and the role of finance and you know there's mm -hmm. so many elements mm -hmm. that actually underpin this. Yeah, and I, I think then as a brand as well, I think it, it's what well, I mean. What an amazing, uh, what, what an amazing spectrum! Because here you are, there is policy making, and then there is a consumer desire and needs, and mm -hmm. then in between that, there are there is that also there's also that that, that consumer truth or that human truth, because we still want what we want, mm. even as policies are evolving. So as a brand, how do you reconcile selling a product that A, still is pr profitable, B, one that is culturally relevant, and one that will still, I, I suppose, will not alienate your, your base consumers as you continue to mine for new consumer segments mm. because otherwise you just, you just get, I mean, you just lose relevance, right? Mm. And that's the big yeah. challenge, isn't yeah. it? Which yeah. you guys would be yeah. providing is for companies to be able to see forward of how to remain relevant mm -hmm. to audiences. Because I think, you know, there's that quote that, um, and I can't remember the exact number. Oh, it's more than half of the companies that were in the, uh, the top 100 on the stock exchange no longer in 1955 no longer exists today it's frightening yeah because yeah. of the change and in yeah. fact when you think about uh the companies that are uh, dominating the media yeah. and dominating talk about the stock exchange mm -hmm. they've all been created in the last 10 to 20 years you yeah. know we're talking about the googles or, or 30 years you know google yeah. and apple um yeah. and, and all uh, facebook all these companies are yeah. relatively new i mean if anyone needed an example of how rapidly yeah. the world's changing that would be a good example yeah i mean it's also i mean one of the things that we help clients do is well, I mean clients actually out of any one of us know who their current consumers are extraordinarily well it's probably they probably have an embarrassment of riches in terms of 
understanding you know their consumers in terms of brand affinity to what mm. the consumer journey so of the present but one of the things that we help them to do is the personas of the future so whomever who is so one of the brands one of the categories that we work with is the beer category mm-hmm. and we know from our elements of, of culture that one of the trends is about new sobriety it's about wellness so the people who are buying beers now are they still going to be the same consumer segment say in 2025 mm-hmm. are they going to be buying more are they going to be buying less uh, are there new people that are not buying it that they are that will be buying it uh, or drinking it are there new occasions that will come out that will allow yep. new personas to come in so we help them figure out the formats that would appeal to the consumers of the future and I think it's connecting all these different dots and horizontal connections that 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 I, I know I, I the, the there's concept, no one silver bullet yeah, more than the, the concept, to provide a, a strategic roadmap yeah Sharon yeah. the concept I'm hearing here yeah. is actually framing because you know you're right uh, a lot of uh, companies a lot of marketers mm-hmm. have a lot of data around their current consumers because of course that's where the oh they should yeah you know, that's where yeah. the wealth is you know mm-hmm. the the purpose of marketing is to create customers mm-hmm. and then to maximise the value of those customers to the organisation, but you know unless you've got the broader framework of how does that group of customers fit into the overall trends, mm-hmm. and it's something that um, agencies would offer as an insight mm-hmm. but you guys obviously spend a lot of time money and effort yeah. in actually realizing that on a on an always on basis yeah so we could straddle between insight yeah. uh, for informing current campaigns uh, you know and that's like working with marketing directors and you know the fact of the matter is brand teams as we know it get rotated off their brands or their teams and move on every what 24 months yeah so we provide the insights for the team and then but i don't know whether effect providing foresight for that team is going to be all that relevant so that's where we work with the c-suites or the r&d to provide the other end of the spectrum of Mm -hmm. foresight so that within the organization they can make change of the now but certainty of the future as well so a lot of this is about uh data and uh and technology is it a lot of the ways you observe and um, mm-hmm. and spot trends, mm-hmm. and what did you call them? Macro. Uh, yeah, we have a. I, I call them the small, medium, and large. Small, medium, and large. There <laughs> so you go. your micro. Much your... like much like going to Starbucks, Grande. <laughs> oh Vente, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's so confusing. That still confuses me. But it's not different from buying a T-shirt at Gap. I suppose it's small, yeah. medium, and large, and we call it micro, macro, and uh, mega. Mega, mega yeah. trends. Mega trends, epic trends. But yeah. uh, you know, uh, culture is primarily about people. Mm-hmm. So is there a combination of qual and quant in this? Because oh, a lot, of, peop- a lot of people think of data as purely numbers. Yeah. How do you go from you know, behavior and quantity into insight and understanding? It wasn't too long ago that I think that data, it's numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, so at Sparks and Honey, we often, often say to clients and even amongst ourselves as we remind ourselves um, when, when tackling a challenge is that it's about man and machine. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to have the machine aspect of what we do and we have a tool stack of 26 tools that we refresh every 90 days to make sure that these tools are doing what they're supposed to do. They're giving us the right, accurate 
um, you know, badass data that, mm-hmm. that we're supposed to get that we want to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all the data, data, data. And then on the flip side, it's one thing to live in the world of algorithm and numbers, but I think it's also important to overlay that with humans. Uh, and that's where we call that's the man part of the man and machine. Yeah. And the man part of at Sparks and Honey is the human network. And within the human network itself, it's a fascinating uh, uh, um, melting pot of different types of people. So on one end, uh, on one hand, you have your influencer advisory board. So that's thirty-four different expert leaders, thought leaders, CEOs. Mm-hmm that are just achingly successful in their respective verticals. Yep. Uh, and then on the other end, when we work with the likes of international companies like, like PepsiCo, where they come over, you know, they say to us, help me understand what's going on in my top five to 10 different markets. Then we have what we call our global scouts. And these are your uh, boots on the ground from Mexico to India to China to UK mm-hmm. that tell us what's going on you know, on ground and they feed it back to us here in the hub so that we don't live in our own bubble. So, yeah, so yeah. there is a qual and quant oh, aspect that brings this yeah. together. But yeah. even the qual itself is also a mix of experts, you know, corporate yeah. people to just, you know, subject observers, matters, yeah, observers, yeah, influencers and boots on the ground. So I think it's good to marry uh, that level within qual itself, but certainly mm. overlay that with the quant. Yeah, and, and the reason I wanted to highlight that with you and get you to clarify it is because I don't know if you've seen in the industry, in the marketing world, um, people argue about whether it should be data or it should be intuition. And I think it's such a ridiculous discussion because the two actually work together. Oh, 100%. You know, data is 100%. such a w- great way of actually informing intuition. I, and intuition is such a, such a great way of being able to interpret data. I, so why I, do you think people have this idea that it has to be one or the other? I don't know. I don't know. And that's not a very sexy response to your question. because Because I think you've answered your own question because I don't think you have to give up one or the other. I think you should have your cake and eat it. I, I, I can't imagine just leaning on, on numbers in the absence of people who are, who are contributing to the numbers, so mm-hmm. to speak. And you also need numbers to make sure that you are doing your due diligence of understanding the reach of people that you can impact, the prediction of whether or not this trend is gonna last for 24, 48 months to just the energy that mm. are people still talking about it with with absolute passion or people are still talking about it we know we need to fix it but then the energy level is a lot lower so that's almost the algorithm in fact not almost that is the algorithm that we have in our elements of culture where where we use the algorithm of uh, prediction energy and reach to help us separate the noise versus the signals mm-hmm. because that's you know we have the culture briefing every day so it, it can get overwhelming, but what we do is to look at unstructured data mm-hmm. and then structure them, A, by separating the noise and, and the signals and then putting the, the signals into specific buckets. Uh, and then after that, separating them at the three different levels of small, medium, large, your yeah. micro, macro, and mega. To see to, what to, those, to, to, to identify where sense. those trends are happening exactly. and at what level. Yeah. Exactly, and to your point earlier, it's about framing. It's always about framing mm. it. And framing is such a big catch-all word, but it's give it context, well, give it context and it makes sense. The actual uh, skill of framing is so important. And in fact, most yeah. people use it intuitively. 
you know, in their daily conversations, they'll frame their life experiences yeah. differently depending on who they're talking to. You know, they'll play Spot things on. down, or they'll. Play. So I wonder sometimes yeah. whether it's a, a general one is a general lack mm. of uh, p- personal insight that they know what framing is on a, on, on, a, on a very intimately personal level. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, they know yeah. what it is on a personal <laughs> level, but they have trouble bringing that to bear in a professional way. And the mm. other thing is I, mm. I also struggle with, I see a lot of people when faced with the complexity of life, want to simplify things all the time. And whether, you know, you said I answered my own question, but whether people struggle with the fact that both uh, intuition and data actually have important roles, mm. they want to pick one or the other because that's simple. Oh. You know, hmm. the weather, uh, when we're overwhelmed with complexity, um, people like to, or maybe it's just a construct to get some controversy it's going. so interesting. It's really just two options, isn't it? Mm. I mean, to simplify. Well, first of all, we should always simplify because if anything, I think sometimes we are a solution looking for a problem. Because mm. I think it's actually more difficult to simplify than it is to complicate a simple situation yeah uh, there's a good um einstein quote that i love he said oh, uh, genius is taking complex and making it simpler mm-hmm. but not simple right so because still, he said the danger the danger of taking yeah. something complex yeah. and coming up with a simple solution yeah. is that if you make it simple yeah. it could be that you've actually overlooked the fact that it's not a solution yeah. and i'll give you an example we're faced with huge social issues mm-hmm. clearly and i'm sure you mm-hmm. guys have met you know there's lots of trends mm-hmm. why is it the politicians that come up and go i'm going to do this like build a wall or mm-hmm. i'm going to do this people are attracted to the simple even though it's not actually going to address people are the lazy. complex yeah they're overwhelmed they're yeah. overwhelmed with complexity no it's also a very simple it's just people are either not questioning it enough or they don't want to have to think it, question it, challenge it. Or it's just, perhaps to your point, it's just a very simple construct. It's a simple narrative or what seems to be one plus one equals two, not even three anymore. Okay, that's easy to understand. Build a wall and therefore, I guess, you know, bad people out, good people in. But... Yeah. yeah I mean, well, look, I saw I saw up. a terrific um, thing online. You know, a meme going around which had the Great Wall of China, mm-hmm. and they said, you know, that was built five thousand, four thousand years ago, and there are no Mexicans in China, so clearly the wall worked. <laughs> um, oh, that brings, I that, love it. I love that. <laughs> oh, I, ha- I have to. I have to. I have to spin that now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna recycle that for a different conversation. <laughs> but um, uh, that brings up uh, the next point I wanted to discuss with you, which is the incredible importance of diversity Mm -hmm. as a way of being able to get the insights that you get. Would you say that working here at Sparks and Honey, there seems to, just walking through the place, there seems to be an incredible diversity of people and ideas and thoughts? So, this is a real, real passion point for me because this very bastardized accent that I have comes from a melting pot of being from Singapore, studied in Australia, lived and worked in London, Hong Kong, and now I find myself here. So I have I have lived in international cities. I've worked in multinational agencies of all sorts, but I have never 
ever been so blown away by the diversity at Sparks and Honey. And I say that not because I've drunk the Kool-Aid, but what you see is what you see and what you mm. see is what you get. And what I see over here is Americans and non-Americans. What I see over here is black, white, Asians and everything in between. What I see here is straight gay. Uh, what I see here is somebody who is 25 to somebody who is 55. Mm. And what I see here is culture is the answer that is always right. Yeah. Right? Brands can be right and brands can be wrong. The agency can be right and sometimes we are wrong because, you know, I mean, because that, that's just it. That, that, yeah, exactly. it's all a misframing yeah. because. But, but I guess what I'm saying is the, the only thing that keeps all of us honest, the clients honest, because clients make mistakes as well, is that. We're only human. We're all only of us. human. <laughs> is that you, you? You look at you look at culture and you make your best guess, judgment and decisions based on on, on, on the data that you have. Mm. The data, not just being numbers, but data based on what you get from speaking to people to the numbers that you get from from your tool stack, from from you know all your your search survey listening tools. So. Because, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of talk, um, especially after mm -hmm. the election mm -hmm. uh, in America here, that uh, one of the problems with social media for a lot of people is that they connect to... Uh, like-minded people. Like-minded people that, yeah. you know, that basically reflect their values. Yeah. And so social media for them becomes an echo chamber where mm -hmm. they're just talking mm -hmm. to themselves and mm -hmm. they hear back what they want to hear, mm -hmm. right? And I wonder sometimes whether that's one of the dangers because we see in so it's many organisations... Um, yeah. and, and it, it's interesting for me because uh, we've got quite a number of clients that mm -hmm. have diversity directors, but in actual fact, it's about gender diversity. Mm -hmm. and, and what I loved about your answer a minute ago was here, it's all sorts of diversity. It's not just gender, it's uh, race, mm -hmm. it's age, mm -hmm. it's uh, mm -hmm. uh, sexuality, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all mm -hmm. sorts of yeah. uh, diversity. Because depending on whom you speak, and sorry to button that, but depending on whom you speak, some people think that diversity is just men and women, yeah. and that's it, and, and maybe that's the one overall, the one that is most important, or that's the one that rises to, to the top, but to me, coming from Singapore, not being American, it's just diversity is so much richer than that. And when mm. you get a whole bunch of people in the room that keeps each other honest and mm. I suppose called bullshit to a certain point of view, or just in, in, in the well, spirit, they challenge yeah, the it's, a, it's yeah. a healthy debate. So when I say bullshit, I say that with the most uh, strategic point of, uh, uh, polarizing point of view is that that's where you provide the richness of thought. Well, you've come yeah. from a country that's incredibly diverse. I mean, oh, Singapore, Singapore is too. such a small physical <laughs> island. And yet, could you think of anywhere yeah. that has so many different uh, uh, racial background, you know, racial groups, uh, language? You know, it's, a, it's an incredible melting pot, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's one of those where if you... You probably didn't appreciate didn't, it until didn't, you left. I, I was just about to say that. So the fact that I see signs that are, you know, three languages onto one sign, the fact that I grew up in a Catholic school, all goals Catholic school, where I was flanked by my Indian friend, my Malay friend, my Chinese friend, my Eurasian friend. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's my my norm. That's yeah. my universe, and I your don't. Your default setting. That's my default diverse. setting, and I don't know anything else that is not 
diverse. Yeah. yeah. So, so the scientific reason for why diversity... Which makes me biased or not? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think that, that's, uh, my, that's, own, that's my own bubble. Yeah, that's a norm for you. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It so, is. And so it was, you yeah. either maintain the norm or you constantly challenge it. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason diversity has become so important is because of this idea, and, and I think uh, uh, we've discussed this, um, which is... Uh, observer bias Mm. you know when you're working in an area that's data informed Mm -hmm. people will interpret the data based on their particular perspective when you have a diverse group of people with many different perspectives Mm -hmm. they actually work towards keeping each other in check Mm -hmm. because you can look at a set of data points Mm -hmm. and three different people could have three different interpretations of the underlying cause and effect or insight that comes out of that. I feel like you're a fly on the wall here at Spux and Honey, <laughs> Darren, because the one thing that we talk about quite often as we look to reduce the, uh, the level of manual input and balancing that with uh, automated input of, of the signal capturing and scanning is that we will never be able to eliminate bias. But what we could certainly do is to balance the bias, mm. right? And that's what it is, so that there is a place for uh, for different points of view within reason that is not of bigotry or racism, mm. uh, you know, the, 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 your, 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 your usual suspects there. But when it's when it's a point of view that has been informed, uh, I don't know, I suppose by, by, by sense and sensibility, then it provides a fair point of view that might be different, but it's certainly, certainly one that is worth considering. Mm. Look, um, thank you very much for your oh. time. Thanks for sharing. No, and not thanks at all. for having that, me here so, today. So, so very kind. Thank you. Super.